Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For more information, visit us at weareradiant.com. All right, we are in a series called Living Large. So if you have your sermon notes, you can take those out. If you're watching online, you can open up our app and you can follow along as we're going to talk about this subject for the next four weeks when it comes to money and when it comes to generosity. The Bible says it this way in Proverbs chapter 11, verse 24, and it's kind of the theme verse for this series, and I want you to see it, and you're going to help me with the verse in just a second. It says, the world of the generous gets, and here's the word I want you to say out loud, ready? Larger and, oh, let's say it together, the world of the generous gets larger and but then the world of the stingy gets smaller and smaller so i want your world to be big i'm believing god's got huge things in store for your life and i want you to see in a season where so much is about us i want you to walk into this season learning man god what is it that you have in my life when it comes to generosity and how i can use my finances to do great things for the kingdom of God. And so we kind of touch on this once a year and once every couple of years, really this subject, but I think it's such a crucial subject. So if you brought a friend today, I want you to know it's a great day to be at church. You're kind of going to see a little bit of the behind the scenes of who we are as a church. And if you're part of Radiant, I really want you to lean in because I think today's message will be a resource, not just for your life, but a resource for our church for years and years to come. So I had all these creative titles for it. When it comes up with this idea of tithing, I had a, a sermon title called I Don't Give a Dime. That was the message <laughs> title. I changed it, okay? It's not the title any longer. And I thought, let's just make it really easy. Write it down in your notes. Here's, I just want to talk to you today about why do I tithe? Why do I tithe? I want to talk about this subject of tithing. But if we're going to go into a series on generosity, let's talk a little bit about what tithing is and why we do this. And I think it's really, really important because there's probably not a more misunderstood subject. Even the idea of tithing puts a wall up in people's minds and, and in their hearts and they go, oh man, this is that weird, that weird message. Why did that, the one Sunday I come, why is it about this? You'll see in a second why it's so beneficial that you're here today. But what I want to do is I want dis, to kind of dismiss and help resolve some of the myths. Here's the first myth I want you to resolve today is that the church just wants my money. The church wants my money. I, I hear this all the time. Well, the church just wants my money. That's the only reason we preach on tithing. Well, let me just give you a very great update on your church right now. During the 2020 global pandemic, when everybody cut back we accelerated forward to what God has for us. We gave more than we ever did before. And last year, we were, just so you understand, 2019 was a record, every year has been a record year for us as we've grown as a church by God's grace. But 2019 was a record year and 2020 during the global pandemic, we had a 20% increase over 2019. That's incredible. We gave more than we ever did before. 2021, we're on track to have a between a 25 and 30% increase of 2020. God has blessed our church. He is building this church. And let me just tell you, your church is more than blessed. We don't preach on tithing because the church needs it. We preach on tithing because you need it. And I want to see your life incredibly blessed in amazing ways. So, hey, your church still has zero debt. 
We just underwent a massive construction project at multiple locations, all paid for in cash. We have reserves ready to go for the future. We are really, really excited about what God's done and God is doing, so we are healthy as a church. So we're not doing any kind of series. I can come to you with all honesty and integrity and say this. Listen, this series is coming to you at a time when your church is the healthiest it's ever been financially. Can, to God be the glory, amen? Number two, I hear this all the time, is that the church shouldn't talk about money. Come on, talk about other things, Aaron. Leave money out of this thing. Well, I firmly disagree with that because I think the church should talk about whatever Jesus talked about. And we should address things that you're actually dealing with. And more relationships in because of finances, more stresses on your life because of finances. And so I think we should hit this head on with this. And the Bible is very clear about how we spend our money. Look at these Bible stats. Two out of every three parables that Jesus gave dealt with handling money. Here's another one. One in ten. That means 10%. You're going to hear a lot about the 10% today of the verses in the gospel deal directly with money. This is huge. 2,300 verses in the Bible mention how you should handle your finances. That is five times more than prayer and faith. And everybody would say those are important and that's what the church should focus on. So five times more than that, the Bible talks about our money. We need to deal with this correctly. And here's why the Bible is so huge on this subject. Billy Graham says it this way. If a person gets his attitude towards money straight, it'll straighten out almost every other area of his life. What a great line right there. And so I want to look at you right there and Brandon, right there at St. Pete, and just say, listen, if you can get this straightened out in your life, then I truly believe it'll change the way you live. Myth number three, and this is probably the biggest one I hear all the time, is tithing is an Old Testament law, and it's no longer applicable today. I'm under grace, pastor, grace, grace, grace. I love that. We love that. And I think that's so true. But there's a problem with this statement that I want to break down for just a little bit because let me just say tithing isn't a law. It's not a law. It's not one of the Ten Commandments. And so if you're looking for it in there and you go, okay, well, since it's not in there, then, then I don't have to do it. But there's other things in the Bible that are not laws that God instituted so that we could have the best life that he's called us to have. We call them godly principles that he's put in our life. And there's principles that you should live by that God instituted. And we see this principle from the very beginning. The word tithe, this is not in your notes, is derived from a Hebrew word. And it's this Hebrew word, mazer. And here's what it really means. Just so if everybody asks you, what does it mean to tithe? Tithe means this word, tenth. It's a tenth. And we see from the very beginning, way before the law was ever created, this principle put in place of God's people bringing a tenth, bringing something to God, bringing something to the church, honoring God, and when they did it, their life was blessed. Let me give you a couple of the examples. We see in Genesis chapter 4, where Cain, the Bible says Cain brought some what he felt like. It, they, it says it this way, Cain brought in the course of time. You remember Cain and Abel, the brothers? So Cain offered an, a, a sacrifice whenever he felt like it. But it says Abel brought the first to God. God honored one. He didn't honor the other. One was the tithe, 
And one was a way that was just giving whenever we could, and we see God's blessing on one and not on the other. We have Abraham, 430 years before, um, uh, we have before the, the law was created, Abraham offers a tithe, 10% to Melchizedek, who was the high priest of that day. 50 years later, Jacob told God that he would give 10% of all that he had to, uh, to, uh, the, the, to, the, to the Lord's work. We see that throughout the scripture. And this is what tithing is. Write it down in your notes. Tithing is the principle of returning to God the first 10% of your income. And we're going to break that down in just a second because we see some crucial words in this. And we're going to kind of help dismiss it because this is the principle that we see from the very beginning. Not a law, a principle that if you'll activate in your life, I think you'll see God's hand and blessing in your life in supernatural ways. Uh, one of the most famous verses on it is a verse in Malachi. You've heard it before, probably, if you've been around church. And it says this, it starts really intense. Look at this. It says, will a mere mortal rob God? Yikes. Like not a good way to open a conversation, right? And God says, yet you robbed me. And you're like, yikes. I never robbed you, God. I don't know what you're thinking. And you're like, how did I rob you? And then he says, okay, here's how people rob God. He says, in your what? In your tithes and offerings. So there's something you didn't do in your, in your tithes and offerings. And, and, and he says it like this. And here's the result of it. And I think it's a result that a lot of people are living under. They don't even know about. He says, you are under a curse, your whole nation, because you're robbing me. Wow. Now, that's intense. Again, not a law, a principle. There's a principle of if you don't get this right, then you're not going to see the hand of God on your life in, in the way that God wants you to, to, to be. And then he says, here's the solution in verse 10. And you've heard this probably preached many times before. It says, so bring the whole tithe, the tenth, into the storehouse. Every theologian would say your storehouse is your local church. So if you're watching this online and you go to some other local church, your tithe does not belong to Radiant Church. It belongs to your church. You, you connect it to where you are. So it's, you bring it to your church, and then it says like this, that there may be food in my house. We'll get to that in a little bit. So we can reach people for Jesus. So the church can be in abundance. We want that. And then he says it like this. It's the only place in Scripture where he says, test me in this. Test me in this. So watch this. And I'm telling you, if you've ever put God first in your finances, you know it's a test. You know it's one of those things that you have to go, okay, God, I'm trusting you because I don't see how this is going to work out. But how many know whenever you test God in this, he's always found faithful. Can I hear a good amen from the church? He's always found faithful. He says, test me in this and see if I will not throw open the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing that there will not be room enough to store it. And by the way, let me just look at the camera very carefully and just say it this way. That doesn't always mean money. Because a lot of you guys, you're, you're, you're giving this and you've heard the preacher on TV go, well, you give $10 and you get $100. That's not always true. And I'm telling you this, the blessing that most of you guys need in your life is not financial. You need that relationship you restored. You need those kids to come back to faith. You need, you need uh, joy over your body. You, you know, you know the, what blessing looks like over your life. Because how many know there's a lot of people that are very wealthy financially and they are not blessed. They have a lot of, they're, they're still under that curse. And I, I just want you to know, you can experience that today. And you go, well, Aaron, well, that was the Old Testament. We're in the New Testament now. Well, I want you to know this. Jesus, Jesus confirmed and celebrated the tithe. You go, well, I've never heard Jesus preach one. Let me show you right here. Jesus affirmed the tithe. Look at this. He says, woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees and you hypocrites. Now, these are people that practiced 
the Old Testament principles and the Old Testament law, like to a T. He says, woe to you. He goes, you give, and there it is, the word, that's the tithe word, a tenth of your spices, your mint, your dill, your cumin. He goes, you give that. Now, that's, that was a, the culture of the day. So, listen, we don't have an agricultural culture. So, uh, don't bring me your corn, okay? I, we don't have anywhere to put it. So, <laughs> that's just the way it works. That's why. We don't have that giving option on the website. Where does my mint go? All right, that's weird. Uh, he, goes, he goes, listen, you're tithers. You're tithers. He goes, he goes I get that. He goes, you give that, you, the, the, the tenth. He goes, but... You've neglected the more important matters of, and look what he says, the law. You've, in, you've, you've done these good things, but you've neglected the more important things. What are the more important things? Justice, mercy, faithfulness, which by the way, if you attend Radiant Church on a regular basis, that's what a majority of our messages are on. If you're here for the first time, you're going, I'll go to the church one time, and they're preaching on money. So I want you to know, a majority of our messages are on justice, and mercy, faithfulness. But listen, those are important. He goes on to say, look at this. You should have practiced the latter. You should be. Radiant, we should be a church of justice, mercy, and faithfulness. But then Jesus says this, and we leave this out all the time when people are like, tithing's not in the New Testament. He goes, you should practice the latter. But then he says, but you should not neglect the former. Ooh. Oh, we missed that line. Jesus said, don't stop tithing. Right there. That was Jesus' words right there. All right, let me give you one more. Paul says it this way. All right, so Jesus affirmed it. Paul now affirms it also. 1 Corinthians 12. On the first day of every week, that's Sunday. That's us right here. Each of you should set aside a sum of money. And now he doesn't just tell us randomly. It's not random. He goes, in keeping with your, what, what is that? It's, hey, you're going to do it as a percentage of your income. So not everybody's going to give equally. Everyone's going to, but it's not going to be equal gifts. It's going to always be equal sacrifice. That's where the tithe comes into place. And then when you do that, guess what? There's not even need to be special collections being made. Uh, truthfully, we shouldn't have to do all these other special offerings and give to this special project and there's an earthquake here and we got to give to that. No, no, no. When there's a need, guess what? The church has filled and we're able to give in generosity. That's the, that's the goal of this. So I got to work on in this message, you understand that tithing is something that we're called to do. So let me give you the why. Because I have five kids that are nine and under. My daughter's uh, with me today in service. And so one of the things I've realized as a parent is that um, kids, kids are not okay with the phrase, because I said so. All right. Now, that's how I was raised. I was raised with, you know, hey, dad, can I have a phone? And, they, and my parents said, no. And I said, why? And they said, Right, right, and that's what we got. That was the end. So what I've realized, my kids are smarter than I was, is my kids would then come back multiple times, and so, so my daughter's asked for a phone. I said, no. She says, why? Because I said so. Well, then she'll come back a week later. Hey, well, can I have a phone now? <laughs> well, no. Why? Because I said so. And I realized I got to come up with a reason. So now I told her, I said, listen, the 5G is killing people. New phones. Government's tracking you. My kids don't want to touch a phone. It's not real, but you got the idea, right? So, so, so I'm going to give you the why. Let me, let me give you the why, and let me just say it this way. And there's this, this subject I'm so passionate about. 
and not because of the position I'm in right now and I lead a church. I'm so passionate about it because when I was 16 years old, these are the three whys the Lord gave me. And these are the three things that have navigated my life since my very first job at McDonald's when I radically got saved and I started tithing and I've been consistent with it ever since. And it's changed my life. And I'm telling you, Katie and I have been through some really hard times, but we've always been blessed. You can be blessed during difficult times. You can see the favor of God on your life even during tough, tough times. Let me just tell you, our, our, we've been through a lot the last 18 months, but the way we've been through it has been blessed compared to the way the world's been through it. There's just something about the fact that the hand of God is on the church. So let me teach you what it does, and I'm going to give you three things today in the message that I think will be a resource for people years and years from now. Why do, why do I tithe? Number one, it's because tithing puts God first in my life. It puts God first in my life. The Bible says it very clear. No other God should be before us. So how do we do this? We want God first in our life. And I would say it this way. If God is not first in your finances, then I don't think he's first anywhere. Because our money really indicates what's the first in our life. Deuteronomy says it this way. The purpose of tithing, look at this verse, is to teach you to always put God first in your life. So every time I get paid, when I put God first, it shows them saying, God, you're the most, the most important thing in my life. So I want you to think about it in your life right now. What is the first thing that comes out of your, your account whenever you get paid? First thing. What, what is that? So some of you know, it's the mortgage. So what does that show you? It shows you your priority. My priority is security. It's, it's a house. Some of y'all, it's your investments. And I, I love investments. I think you should invest. But some of you, you put it first, so that shows you what is, uh, my, my future is my priority. Some of it is, I got to pay for these bills, and I got to do this. And so it shows you what is first in your life. But this is what tithing does. Tithing says, you know what, God? You're first above everything else in my life. So, so you go, and I'm going to help some 16-year-olds in the room today. And you go and you get a little lawnmower and you go around uh, Beach Park and you go mow some people's lawns. And somebody, they mow their lawn and they, you, they give you 100 bucks, okay? Now, when I was growing up, you got $10 to mow the lawn. But today, <laughs> you get a little bit more money. All right, so, so just follow me. All right, so you get paid. And, and camera, you're going to have to follow me on this. Sorry, we didn't practice this one. So someone comes up to you and they give you 100 bucks. So they give you this. Boom, 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 boom. Boom, boom. You get paid. All right, you're super pumped. You got your 100 bucks, all right? So, so here's the question. How much is the tithe? $10, okay? So let me give you a, a better question. Which one is the tithe? It's the first one that leaves your hand. It's the first one that leaves your hand. So a lot of us, I want you to understand, we're giving God our leftovers, and we're going, okay, God, God yeah, we have your leftovers because I got to make sure that I'm able to do everything I need to do. And then with what's left over, I'll, I'll see how I can tip God. That's a tip. That's not a tithe. And let's be very real. A lot of us treat God like he's some kind of waiter and we'll see how the service is. And, and that's not how we're called to do it. Write it on your notes this way, because it always takes faith to put God first in your finances. It's saying, hey, God, I'm going to honor you with the first and I'm going to trust that the 90% will go further than the 100% would without your blessing. And, and, it's, and it's a fact. And so when I put God first, and I, every time I get paid, it's, it's the first thing that happens. And when I do that, it shows God and says, God, I just want you to know you're first in my life. 
And by the way, for those of you that are like in the budget Dave Ramsey world, I don't think there's a better thing that you could challenge people to do is put God first, challenge them on this. And by the way, you're going to have to budget the rest really good. You're going to have to get a little smart on where you spend. It's not, you aren't going to be able to go through the Starbucks drive-thru as much as you think you should. You're going to have to evaluate, do I need eight different streaming services? Who really is signed up for Peacock? And you got to pay for that. <laughs> Cut it out of your life. And put God first and watch how he'll bless your life. It, it puts him first in your life because what, what you put first is your priority. Number two in, in this, I want you to understand, tithing keeps me involved in the vision of the church. I think this is so huge because what God is doing at our church is incredible. It's so exciting. And I think this is a lot of the reasons why you guys give. You see the life change and the baptisms and the missions and that project. You're like, wow, of course I'm going to give to it. But I want you to understand there's a, there's a greater reason why we give. It actually participates you into what God is doing. First Chronicles says it this way. Moreover, I have set my affection on the house of God. I love that. Some of you, I'm telling you, you've, you've, you've stopped giving because you've stopped feeling that affection for God's house. This is his church. He says, I have given to, my house, to the house of my God over and above all that I prepared for the holy house. He says, listen, even my tithe, I give over and above that. Why? Because my own special treasure of gold and silver, I have such a heart for this thing. And a lot of times, let me just say it as your pastor, I can see it. A lot of times people stop giving to the church because their heart is disconnected from what God's doing there. So let me, let me give you an example, okay? So during um, my life growing up, my family went on a vacation every year, and we would all go, always go on cruises. We were a cruise family. Now, we had brand loyalty, so we were always Royal Caribbean cruises. So we did this every year and went on cruises. Now, I like cruises. I think they're fun. Um, but I don't have like any special connection with them. So Katie and I have been on a couple cruises um, since we got married too, and it was a lot of fun. So during the pandemic, the stock market crashed, totally crashed. Everybody knows that. A lot of y'all lost a lot of money. So Royal Caribbean's cruise, um, the, the company, their stock was trading at $135 a share. It crashed, and over about a month and a half, it went down to a low of $23 a share. So my cousin is an executive for Royal Caribbean, and I'm talking to her, and she's like, she's like, it's crazy, we're all freaking out. But she knows, like, who's going to repossess a billion-dollar boat? <laughs> you can't do it. Like, that's an asset right there. That's going to stay for a while, okay? Nobody's getting a truck backed up to that thing and going, all right, all right, let's bring it up. You're good. You're gold. They had so much money in the bank, they could weather this thing for years, so I knew this. I knew, I was like, okay, I know what's going on. So I bought a bunch of stock right at the very beginning, 20 something dollars a share. I bought a bunch of the stock and I'll say something happened from that moment on that never happened in the last 30 something years that I've been going on cruises. I became way more interested in Royal Caribbean than ever before. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm on their earnings calls. I'm following their CEO online. I, I'm watching. I'm, I'm, I'm checking all the reports. I'm vested in this thing. Why? For one reason, my money's there. And I'm watching this thing, and I, I'm rooting them on. Come on, cruises, cruises, cruises. Right now, in the lobby, on your way out, you can sign up for a cruise today, no matter what location you're at. <laughs> I'm vested in seeing it grow because my finances were there. Well, four months goes by, quadrupled my money to God be the glory, gave my 10% to the Lord, 
And what happens? I don't know what they're doing at all any longer. I don't care anymore. Why? I don't care if they win or lose, other than the fact that maybe I'll go on a cruise one day. I'll enjoy their services, but I'm not invested in their company. That's how a lot of you guys treat church. Woo, it's great. Woo. But you're not invested in the growth. You're not invested in the life. Something happens when your money gets there. You go, no, 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 this is, this is my church. This is, I'm, not, I'm not just walking over pack, p- trash. I'm picking it up. I'm making sure this thing's happening. I'm making sure our groups are healthy. I'm making sure foundations is growing. I'm doing this. Why? Because the Bible says it very clearly. Wherever your treasure is, that's where your heart will be also. You want to direct your heart. You direct your heart by investing your finances in it. So if you don't feel the love and passion for God's church, start giving towards it and watch how incredible it is that your heart begins to grow because your finances and your treasure is in. And I just want you to know, let me tell you, I don't think there's a greater investment that people can give to than the local church. I love the church. I celebrate the church. I believe in the church. I invest in the church. I raise my kids in the church. I'm going to find my friends in the church. You're single? You get your spouse in the church. You get married in the church. You take communion in the church. You get a small group in the church. You serve your church, and if you die, we'll bury you at your church. We believe in the local church. Can I hear a good amen today, church? So when I tithe, write it down in the notes, I move from a spectator to a participator in what God is doing through his church. And you get to every time you hear a missionary is being sent or money is being you know, sent around the world or people are being fed or churches are being planted, you go, I'm doing that. I'm part of that thing. So how do we start? You start at two easy ways right here. Number one is you take a 90-day tithing challenge. And you make it a point to say, you know what, I'm going to test God in this. That's what the scriptures say. The scriptures say, test God in this. Put it in there. This is not my manipulation. This is between you and God. I don't know what you give. I don't need to know what you give. This is between you and Jesus. And you go, God, I'm going to test you in this. I'm going to take the next 90 days, and I'm going to start by honoring God. And what we do is we put you on this email chain, and you start getting some encouragement every single week. And you just you start. And, and if you've never done it before, you've got a card on your way in today. Thinking of some of our services, we passed them out uh, during video announcements. It's a 90-day tallying challenge card. We tell people, listen, you do it for 90 days, we test God in this. And if God doesn't come through for you, you don't see the hand of blessing on your life, then your location pastor will give you the money back. So out of their own pocket. <laughs> I love you guys right there. That's funny right there. Test God in it. And I'm going to challenge you right now. And I'm really believing that some of you guys will have that, that wake-up call that I had at 16 years old to go, God, I'm going to honor you with my finances. I'm going to put you first in this. And watch how he'll bless your life in supernatural ways. The second thing is, is that you're going to pick a percentage and you're going to make it automatic. And this is one of the big mistakes I think a lot of people do is they give out of impulse and out of feeling. And that's a terrible way to give. I give automatic. Just, I give my mortgage automatic. I do my investments automatic. I do, I do everything automatic in my life because those are val- valuable to me. They're important to me. It's not like, I'll see if I want to pay my water bill this month. I'll see how the water feels this month. That's an automatic thing because it's important in my life. And the same thing with God. Make it automatic in your life. 
And, and make it something that it, it's an immediate thing that you can do. You can do it right there on our website. When you can give, you can set it up for reoccurring gifts. I want to challenge you. Pick a percentage. Some of you guys, you're, you've got yourself in a tight place financially. And we're going to have a series next year where we really walk through how to get out of the ruts and the struggles that you're in when it comes to being so strapped financially. But right now, I just want you to find a percentage. And maybe you have to start with two or four or eight. You find a percentage and say, I'm going to work my way into making sure that I can eventually be fully obedient and honoring God with my first full 10%. And then Katie and I now try every year to give more than that because we want to be a blessing to the world around us. I just think it's what God has called us to do. Can I hear a good amen today, church? And on the way out, there's going to be buckets there. And listen, we're not, we're not even going to take up an offering today. Like there's not, this is not that weird church. We're not going to be that weird place. This is no pressure sales thing here. This is just an encouragement to say, honor God with your giving. Watch how do it, he'll do it to your life. And then on the way out, there'll be a bucket there for you to drop that 90-day tithing challenge. We'll send you a book. We'll send you some resources. Number three, we'll close with this. Here's a third reason why I tithe. I think really, tithing really gives me access to supernatural blessing. It really does in my life. It opens up my life to something that I would not have access to before. My, before. There's two different kinds of people. There's people that say, I can't afford to tithe. And they always seem stressed and strapped and frustrated. And then there's the other group of people that say, I tithe. And you know what they always say? I'm blessed. I'm blessed. You ask a tither, someone who's consistently honoring God, is your life blessed? I am. Well, it doesn't look blessed financially, but it's blessed in other ways that are more important than that. It's blessed. It's blessed. And I'm telling you, through my life, this is one of the things that I've seen in my life. When we're, we're struggling financially or not, we've seen the blessing of God in my life. Look what he says in Malachi 3. Bring the whole tithe into the storehouse. Bring it to your local church. Which, by the way, listen, it's nothing against nonprofits. Nothing against government uh, things that are helping with different um, causes that you believe in. All those are great. That's just not your tithe. So you, you honor all those things. You, you do all those things. But let me just tell you, the first thing that you give is to give to God. And he says, see, well, if I will not flow open the heaven, uh, the floodgates of heaven and pour out so much blessing, there will not be room enough to, to see it and, and to store it. And guess what he goes on to say? And I will then, like there's more. It's like one of those uh, infomercials. And there's more. And he goes on to say, and see, if I will not rebuke the devourer on your behalf. I don't know about you. I want the devil rebuked out of my life. And there's something different when I rebuke him and when God rebukes him. I want God to rebuke the devil out of my life. I want him off my kids. I want him off your life. I want him off my church. And it's, it's the potential that comes up when we tithe. Deuteronomy says it this way. Give generously to them and do so without a grudging heart. That's the way I want to live. I want to do it every time. I've been praying already because I've just known the legacy's coming up. But I've been praying, look, God, what do you have for me and Katie to do? What can we cut back on this year? How can we live more simply so that other people can simply live this year? And then it says, and do this. And because of this, the Lord your God, here's what he'll do. This isn't, this isn't Aaron Burke. This is not some TV preacher. This is the Lord speaking. He says, the Lord will bless you in all your work. And everything you put your hand to, that's, that's, that's scripture right there. God will do it. And I don't know why, I don't know how it happens, but I just know that when you, we give God our first, when we put God first, here's the last thing, ready? He blesses the rest. The rest is blessed for some reason. For some reason, I've seen it in my life so much. But the problem with so much of us is we just, we have such a hard time breaking this greed off of our life. We think of it as ours instead of that we serve a God who wants to bless us. Can I have my daughter? Come up and help me, baby. Help me, girl. All right, I have Lily here. So come on, baby. Run, 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 run. Um, she's my oldest, my nine-year-old. So I'm preparing her for this. So I gave you a dime when you walked in here today, okay? So you got a dime. All right, can you give me that dime? No, no, no baby. 
we have a lot of people watching. I need you to give me the dime. All right, now, I guess this is normal for a little girl. All right, all right. I, I, listen, listen, if, uh, give, you just hand in that dime, and then I'll, I'll help you. No, okay, 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 all right. What you don't understand is this is how so many of us live. We live with a tight grip over what we have. And we don't know who our God is. So, baby, you can give me that. No, no, okay, okay. All right, here's the problem. Is we have such a tight grip and we don't understand that our God wants to put something in our hands. But our hands are too tight gripped to receive what God has for us. We, we just got this, we got this tight grip and we go, God, I just don't know why I don't have more in my life. Because the little bit that God tells you to give, it, he's trying to pour out blessings, but you haven't opened up your hand to receive them all. And we just can't receive when we're so tight gripped. So, so Lily, Lily, we're going to practice something here today, okay? All right. I want you to open up that hand, okay? All right, all right. Here's what I want you to do. I want you to give that, that dime, all right? And then watch how I replace it. Now, 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 now watch this. Now, now, you give it, give it away. And every time we decide to, to give it away, God will fill it back up. And God will fill it back up. And I'm just a firm believer. Uh, see, there, that's a smart kid right there. That God will keep filling it back up. And you give it, and God will fill it. And you give it, and God will fill it. You give it, and God will fill it. Some of you guys, you want to see the windows of heaven open up in your life? You give it, and watch God will fill it in your life. Come on, give a better praise than that today, church. Why don't you stay standing at every location? We're gonna have a moment of just surrender to God today. First Corinthians 9, 20, 9, 6. Remember this, whoever sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, but whoever sows generously will also reap generously. It's the life I wanna live. Each of you should give what you have decided to give in your heart, not reluctantly or under compulsion. For God loves a cheerful giver. I want to cheerfully give it to him. And then he gives us the promise. You will be enriched in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving to God. People are going to get saved because we're just generous people. So what I've realized in this world is that tithing is not really it's not even really an obedience indicator. It's a surrender indicator. Does God truly have every part of you? And if God's got every part except for your money, then I would say he, you've deceived yourself into thinking that he really has every part. Because at least for my life, it didn't come every part and then money. It started with money and then he got the rest of me. Because where your treasure goes, that's what your heart will follow. So let's do this. Let's just have a moment where we just close our eyes. Every campus, and I, here's what I wanted today. I didn't, I didn't even want some weird emotional moment. I just want a moment of surrender to go, God, do you really have all of me? If I have such a wall up about financially giving, is it, is it because there's some area of my life I haven't surrendered? Is there some trust I don't have? Lord, help me to truly find total radical surrender in you today.
We thank you for it. This morning early, I texted David and I said, David, I want to throw it back about 20 years at the end of the sermon. And I just want to have a moment where nobody moving, nobody leaving. This is a moment. We're going to give people an opportunity to get saved today. But right now is the moment for us as a church to fresh surrender our hearts to God and say, God, it's not just my money. It's every part of my life. I give it all to you. So no matter what campus you're at, come on, let's take a moment and let's sing this out together. Let's have a moment of fresh surrender to the God of the universe. Sing it out, David. This is my desire to honor you. Lord, with all my heart, I worship you. Oh, come on, we sing. With all I have within me, I give you praise. All that I adore is in you. Yeah, yeah. Come on, every location we sing this out today. We sing. Lord, I give you my heart, I give you my soul, I live for you alone, every breath that I take, every moment I'm away. come on, we sing, have your way, we sing it out, Lord, I with every eye closed you just in here today and the Lord's speaking to you whatever God says do it some of you guys do you used to be faithful in your giving and you've stopped maybe you pulled back with the pandemic just be faithful say God today's my day I'm gonna start fresh some of you have never never tested God in your giving just make a decision right now I'm gonna fill out this 90-day tithing challenge card I'm gonna jump on the team I'm gonna be part of what God's doing here I'm gonna put God first I'm gonna become a participator in what God's doing and I'm gonna expect blessing in my life and just whatever God tells you to do you do it one last group that's with us today, and it's those that don't have a relationship with Jesus. I want you to know God loves you. You know what's crazy to think about? Jesus was God's tithe. Think about this. He gave his best before he ever, before we ever responded to him. He gave him in faith, saying, I'm going to give my best. And I'm just going to believe that the rest is blessed. (laughs) 
and Jesus came and became the sacrifice that went to the cross for you and for me so that we could have new life in Christ Jesus. If you don't have a relationship with Jesus today, I want you to know that's why he came. He died for you. The sacrifice was so real so that you could be forgiven and made whole. If you don't have that relationship, you can start it right now. On the count of three, I want you to respond in faith in this service today. And here's how you're going to respond. On the count of three, you're going to throw that hand up and you're going to go, today's my day of salvation. Today's my day. I'm giving my life to Christ. And I believe your life is going to be changed right there. Ready? One, two, three. Come on, throw those hands up all over this place. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you in the back. Thank you. Thank you. So many people... So many people, that is awesome. At every location, throw that hand up, wave it at me, put it right back down. Let's all pray this prayer out loud together. Say, dear Jesus, today I give you my life. I give you my past, my present, and my future. Thank you for dying for me, for forgiving me, and for the rest of my life, I'm gonna follow you as my Lord and as my Savior. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody that believes it says, Come on, let's celebrate those who just made the best decision ever. Thank you for listening to the Radiant Church Podcast. For service times or giving options, visit us at weareradiant.com.